2: Welcome, everybody, to this July 31st, 2013 episode of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I turned around today, so once again, now to my left in the front 1,500-something kilometers. <laughs> some, over there, Jean Victoria Norlock, How are you, Gene?
0: I'm good. <laughs> good.
2: Ah, uh, the distance thing. It's fun, because I'm going to move again so we can play it again. It's new game. Uh, it's better than the Yeah, weather. we'll have we to talk, get an exact always dress. talk about the weather. Yeah, well, I've uh, we'll figured have out now
3: dress, how to get my,
2: my cell phone to tell me a latitude-longitude. And it's an app, so you can probably get one for your iPhone. You can give me your latitude-longitude, and then I can give everybody the really distance. That would be cool.
3: That would be handy.
2: You know, as the cool crow flies, crow. as the spirit flies, the dogs are going crazy. Yeah, applause from the peanut gallery.
3: Some
2: days. Ah, well, you know. <laughs> big love for you we in are, the chat room. Even though you're not in there. I didn't notice you weren't in there. Janet's here. Says, uh, Jean, big heart, you know. And she's listening and oh, may, not, thank you, Janet. may not be chatting because she's doing the mag, scheduling guests. And half the time she doesn't know which email or group that she's in or working on. So, you know, I told her I'm finally back sure. down to it. A gentle wave, as opposed to the tsunami of stuff it used to be when I was doing three different Ning boards. And wow. <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: so, well. we can talk about your insanity later because I'm sure it can be cured. Um, kids.
2: These kids. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about kids last night. That's all I got to <laughs>
3: say. Kids these days. Jeez Louise! Holy crap! Um, I don't know. Anybody listening? who's planning on um, having babies or has recently had a baby um, and you're kind of losing sleep over this whole parenting responsibility thing.
2: Go taking that. My
3: parenting advice for this generation coming up is, um, yeah, don't take none. Just support them and um, feed them and house them and nurture them and love them as they are, and they have still have this
2: under control.
3: Oh, my goodness. This generation is just... They so never night, to amaze we me. I'm in constant uh, awe. Uh,
2: last night we were talking about the 12-year-old in, in Cairo who had analyzed the Constitution and deemed it insanity. Um, so this right. morning you found another new one. Tell us, tell us. Oh, tell us. Oh,
3: yeah, well, I mean, this... Okay, where did we? Da 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 da. Kids react. I guess it's a, a show, and I'm not sure yet if it's actually on TV or if it's an internet program, or like a YouTube program. If it is a YouTube program, I gotta look into that because I'd like to get whoever's behind that on the show, and then maybe some of their kids on the show. But there's this great video on YouTube. It's called Kids React to Con- Controversial Cheerios Commercial, and I've only had a chance to watch the first like. Three minutes of it, but yeah, blew we had a show. my mine basically the,
2: huh yeah, we had a show to do, so we all had to pause, yeah, Go right,
3: on. okay, so here's the here's the basic gist of it, and then you know we'll we'll bring on our guests and we'll talk about her um, but the basic gist of it is there's this commercial made by Cheerios that has a, a mixed race mixed interracial parent. Couple and this beautiful child, gorgeous child. Anyways, the kids watch the commercial and they're like, "Yes, yeah, great cereal looks yummy. Oh, she's so cute." Blah 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 blah. You know, it just so then they go back and they ask these kids some really important key questions. Like first, what what'd you think of the commercial? Oh, the kids really cute. What would you think of the family? I thought they were really nice. They were funny. What do you think of the ad itself, like the whole overall thing? Oh, it was really clever with her doing, you know, what she did. You'll, When you see it, you'll understand because we're going to post it. Um, but then they started asking them questions like, did you know any, notice anything different about the family? They explained to these kids that apparently this commercial has caused a lot of ruckus, you know, socially. Yeah. So the kids are all confused. They're like, why? right they're, they're, they're asking them why would why would people not like that commercial? I don't understand. it's just a, it's just a serial commercial. And then they start asking them the questions about, you know, did you notice anything different?" And the kids are like, "No, there's nothing unusual about that family. And then they get to the key question, and I'm sure there's some brilliance after that, but this one this is where I just I, I had to sit back and go, laugh, 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 laugh. They ask these kids or they explain to them that people were angry because it's an interracial mixed couple. And so the kids have these looks on their faces like what? And so the people take it a step further and say, you know, why what what do you think of that? What do you think of people being mad? And this one little girl sums it up pretty much for all of them and when you see it you'll understand why I laughed so hard. She's like, "What? No, that's just that's crazy." they're a perfectly normal family there's nothing wrong with it. I just you guys, she did, so sh- awesome. I mean she's very good at she could ah. come on the show anytime
2: yeah yeah
3: <laughs> yes it was awesome um, so we're going to post that along with this show I'm going to make sure that Rick does it we're going to post it in the chat room today it's shared on my wall I'm sure Rick will put it on his wall I highly recommend you people seeing this and if this is a, an ongoing series of brilliance, then you know what subscribe to
2: these yeah people. be sure they' on YouTube be sure and get to, to our um, everyday connection page and click like and show in news feed or all those things we'll I'll post the thing again about how you make sure you get our updates because we post these things to everyday connections wall all the time um, and um uh, because this twelve year old kid in Cairo was genius. And I can't wait to see this one. I haven't seen it, but it sounds uh, like brilliance. Because you often get that. If you're just, you know, plunk down a four or five, six-year-old, you know, don't wait until they've been going to school for five years. Get them while they're fresh and and just ask them. And and they will. They'll look at you like you're insane. You go, what? Mixed race? Oh, that's crazy. And uh, just like the Cairo kid with the, you know, he read the Constitution. He Saw where it contradicted itself and said, "You know, so I can abuse my wife and then just call it discipline." And that's insanity. And, and so they know that this stuff's insane, and 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 they understand what's okay. sane. So we just quit monkeying, monkeying with them, and everything will be fine.
4: Exactly.
3: Exactly.
2: The kids have got it, got it covered, man. Take yep. notes.
3: Which is why Rick and I get to do fun stuff like having today's guest on. Because the the truth of it is, ladies and gentlemen, if we just let our kids be and support them and, and, and help them to build the world that they envision, their vision is just purely stunningly beautiful. So if we could just do that, then all this work that we've all been doing to raise the consciousness and save the planet, all this work... Oh, We can play now. It's time to play. So, in the the spirit of that...
2: Play.
4: (sighs) In the
3: spirit of that energy, that celebration of life, that celebration of the marriage of flesh and spirituality and the gist recognizing that it's all good all the time, because it's all God, we've brought on today's guest to talk about naked yoga.
2: A pleasure and sensuality advocate... Is what her bio says. Um, from joining us from San Francisco, making this again a three-country show, we have D.V. Marie. Yay. Welcome, D.V. How are you?
3: Hey guys,
1: I'm great. How are you? Great. Yay.
2: Confused sometimes. We watch the adults, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Was it the a page I follow on Facebook called I Declare Shenanigans? Posted a picture oh. yesterday, oddly enough, that said. Uh, it's a sign like out in front of a restaurant or something and the letters have been rearranged to say don't grow up, it's a trap
4: <laughs> yeah
2: anyway we, we uh, so, true. so banter true. on off the point but uh, welcome and glad you could uh, join us today and appreciate you giving us some of your time and uh, we're going to see if conversation doesn't elicit some of your talent I know it will brilliance well- tends to spill out around here. We like that.
1: <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
3: Uh, so let's get started and get the conversation rolling. um Dee Dee Marie, who on earth are you, and what do you do? What was the first part of that?
1: I, I just couldn't quite hear you. Did you say? Who on earth are you? Oh, who on earth am I? <laughs> yes. well, well, as the bio says, it's a sensuality and pleasure advocate, um, primarily coming from a yogic perspective. So uh, it started off by teaching relaxation-based yoga because I was finding a lot of the yoga studios in Toronto when, when I was living there um, were really about like getting fit and it was just more of this do mentality, like you do your work. And then you go do your exercise. And yoga was kind of lumped in with Pilates or weightlifting or aerobics and a sort of like, you know, we're 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 doing it with a goal and the goal is, you know, either a, a fitter body or um you know, maybe sometimes stress relief or other goals as well. But I was like, Whoa, let's let's have some yoga here where we undo, where we um become uh relaxed and, and let go of some of this uh strong attachment to productivity and that sort of do mentality, and from that it started to become a lot of sensuality gatherings and helping people to um, re- remember that we are also sensual creatures as well as productive creatures. Um, we're all kinds of creatures, you know, we're creative creatures, we're loving creatures, and I just really like to help people have a holistic or a dynamic experience of, of this life and, and the majesty. Um, of this life, the miracle of this life. So, it started off with a, a being a relaxation advocate, I suppose you could say, and then it's sort of morphed and built uh, into more pleasure and sensuality as well.
3: Well, it seems to me to make sense. I mean, if we're going to be a, a spiritual being coming here, having a physical experience, you would think we would embrace all the things physical that we are able to embrace that are healthy for for us. and Certainly, science has proven time and time again that exploring your sensual side and embracing that side of yourself and being able to express it freely is super healthy, both physically and emotionally.
1: Definitely. Why would it not be healthy spiritually as well? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I read a study that said uh, just a couple of days ago that said... um, taking time out to, to truly do nothing, like to, to, to lay back and, you know, either daydream or zone out or, you know, be like a cat, that um, this actually increases our creativity uh, and our potential to, to do good work, productive work, um, but so many of us don't allow ourselves to just lay back. We, we have this sort of guilt feeling, um, you know, that, that the clock is always ticking and, you You know, that there's there's a race against time um, to, to I guess in in a sense, to beat uh, our peers at this success game, Uh, which of course, you know, we know is is an illusion and that time is actually malleable. Um, You know, you feel that when you're, you know, when you're relaxing time can, you know, at a beach or something, time can feel a lot differently than when you're um, at 10 to 4 and you're not quite finished uh, pushing papers at your office you know, time time kind of shifts and moves. Um, so I sort of, I, I kind of like to think of it as the Mayan concept of uh, the day out of time. Every year they take one day where they, they, they have this idea that time doesn't exist for that day and it's a, it's a free day where you can do whatever you want. Well, I'm, I'm sort of thinking like, why not have an hour out of time every day or, you know, or, or whatever frequency and, and duration serves people that just to, like give people a chance to, well, just come and, you know, we'll breathe and, You know, I'll show you, uh, you know, how to stroke your whole body and and remember that you're a sensual creature or perhaps, you know, uh, do naked yoga to feel uh, sort of the sensual body, the animal body and kind of remember that we're also that. Have you guys um, experienced
4: naked yoga before? No. No, I've
3: actually uh-huh. never. Um, I've never done
2: yoga. Ne- never yeah. even done yoga, huh. yoga with clothes on. Oh, really? I've never wow. even done yoga, think...
3: yoga.
1: Oh, wow, that's interesting. I mean, besides uh... <laughs>
2: savasana pose, I know that one, but.
1: Mm-hmm that's the one where you lie on the floor and like I was talking about just lie on the floor just lie on
2: the floor <laughs> yeah or yeah. the grass or the you know or
1: the beach uh, if you're in Costa Rica
2: yeah yeah and uh, uh, it's something that we naturally did as children if you watch your kids they zone out and yeah. and you know you what is he looking at he's not necessarily looking at anything in the room and We all used to do that, and then we went to school. Well, I don't want to harp on the education system. We've done that enough in our shows in the past, but you were basically told that that was a problem, and and now it's a disease, attention deficit disorder. And it's not that the children aren't paying attention. They're just not paying attention to what that grown-up thinks they should. They're paying attention to something all the time. Really, I promise.
3: Man, medicated society.
4: Woo-hoo! <laughs> well,
3: but it is. It's, it's, Come
4: it on, more you know what? The... Here,
3: let's let's just let's just be honest about the whole thing and say we can gripe on it as much as we want. Quite frankly, this coming generation is just going to look at their parents and refuse to take the pills. Problem solved. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> at, 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 Let's at, talk at, about naked at, yoga because I was I've, talking. I I've, this uh, is sorry. Because I have a question for her. now, oh, because I, And I think it's an important question, especially for many of our listeners who, like me, might have been that kid in the change room who wouldn't change with other people in the change room or that woman who goes to the gym and doesn't shower in the showers and can't walk around naked or um, the woman who can't wear the bathing suit without wearing a T-shirt over it. We're out there regardless of whether or not it's shyness or body image issues but we're out there and we're out there in droves so I want to know how this methodology could help somebody work on overcoming those particular issues within themselves because this is an important thing that people should you can't be a fully sensual being until you can embrace your, your naked being your naked self, your
1: body, love your body For sure, yeah. I mean, a lot of people uh, don't spend any time naked, uh, other than maybe when they're showering, you know? Like, they don't sleep naked or walk around the house naked or, you know, it's sort of just like, take off your clothes, you know, have the shower, quickly put your clothes back on, and then that's the only time that you uh, feel your body without clothing or see your body without clothing, you know, and it's it's almost considered in in our cultures uh, weird, to, to lounge around your apartment naked. You know, it, it seems like it's, uh, the majority of people don't do that, or if they do, it, it, it's, not, it's not talked about. It's, it's considered sexual, you know, that the reason you would do that would be a sexual reason, or, that, you know, you're, you know or you're super-duper hippie or something like that. And it's, it's, I think that's really unfortunate that we're so disconnected from um, our bodies that we feel uncomfortable even being alone uh, with our naked bodies. You know, other than the times that we have to, absolutely have to, to, to shower them. Um, so I, I recommend that my students or that people who are uh, uncomfortable with their bodies uh, just start by being alone naked, um, and and maybe that sleeping naked, which you know a lot of different um, traditions say is really good for health anyway, um, or to look at your body naked in the mirror. And just see, um, you know, if you can look at each body part, uh, if, if not with love and adoration, then to begin with, with acceptance. And if you can't accept every body part, you can't even find, you know, that this, this part exists, um, then maybe you can start by appreciating some of the parts. You know, uh, my my thighs might be large, but, you know, they're strong and they, they carry me around. They They help me to walk through my day with strength. So to take that largeness that our culture might say is fat or is ugly and find the appreciation um, to say, well, they're strong. Or my belly is round, and, and I know in our culture a, a flat belly or a strong belly is uh, more appreciated, but, you know, in it's roundness, the skin is so soft, and I really can enjoy the, the feeling of that soft roundness on the palm of my hand. And, you know, it may not look like a magazine, but I can find pleasure, acceptance, or, or appreciation um, in some of the parts, if not all of the parts, so these kinds of practices can be really healing. And um, when in my private yoga classes, um, we don't necessarily, you know, do this exercise where they appreciate their parts individually or accept their parts individually. But I have had coaching. Um, uh, uh, either through Skype or through the phone where I, you know, guide people through that exercise where they're looking in the mirror and, and talking about what, let's start with what you like or what you love and then what you like less and how what what can you find to appreciate about those parts that even you may not be able to find love for. Um, so that's a coaching exercise that I do to help uh, clients who have body image um, challenges and I think to some degree all of us do. You know, I've, I've read that even supermodels and actresses and you know, the, the people who are considered the most beautiful in our cultures, um, they apparently even have parts, or body parts, that they don't love or that they can't uh, appreciate or accept um, because they see pictures of themselves in magazines that have been airbrushed and um, computer-generated and, you know, with makeup and lighting, and their actual body doesn't look like the picture of their body. So they're like, well, you know, so it's even hard for these, these so-called most, the most beautiful people to, to find that love and that acceptance. Um, so I think it's really healing to just look at yourself in the mirror and, and see what you can appreciate and what you can love. And I also think it's really healing to be in clothing-free environments, like social nudity environments, like um, clothing-free or uh, clothing-optional beaches, um, hot tubs, you know, um, uh, hot springs environments. Um, because then you see a diversity of naked bodies um, far, far beyond what you see in a magazine or on movies. Um you know and and you you can start to notice like everyone has uh this variety and this diversity and i think it, it's a lot easier to accept your own body for what it is when you see other bodies um beyond what we see in our in our sort of mainstream media
0: um
1: and then with it, it when you're coming to it from yoga where that we're already cultivating relaxation and awareness and acceptance uh and the environment is really you know it's Sort of dim light, it's either um, it's the private class, it's either dim lighting, you know, with candles, um, or it's out in nature. I do, I do group classes out in nature. Um, so the environment is really conducive to um, finding that body image acceptance.
2: Well, and it's, I think, the your idea of starting with being able to be naked alone is. Uh, an an interesting way, an interesting approach to it, you know to try to lead to those other things, because I know that um, I was talking to a girl that had moved to the states from France, and she said, This is you American men are ridiculous. you just need to see more breasts see you grow up in france there's just they 're all over they're at the beach they 're at the park they're the, they 're everywhere and this this preoccupation you people have where you're practically hypnotized it's ridiculous people aren't like that over there
1: i completely agree completely agree um a lot of my students my my male students uh it, they tell me after the class you know whether it's a private class or a group class um that coming to the class they expected that they would be aroused and they were they were worried you know what if i and i get a, this question all the time from men well, what if I get aroused? What if I get an erection? Um, and honestly, I've never seen one. I've never seen a guy in any class get an erection because rather than making the naked body um, a sexual thing, it actually really quickly naturalizes the naked body because we're not contorting it into the positions that they do in magazines or in porn that exaggerate, you know, the breasts and the butt, to, you know, and, and make your waist look tiny. We're not sort of crimping or showing off the body. Um, but rather, we're moving it and being really occupied in our own bodies, and it's it's pretty a it's a pretty individual experience. You know, I oftentimes say, you know, close your eyes and feel your body. You know, of course, it's it's fine, to, you know, in the in the group classes to check people out and to have a look, and it's healing, I think, to see other bodies. You know, the diversity of you know body fat and hair distribution and whatnot. Um, But the guys at the end of class are always like, I thought it was going to be really sexy, but actually it very quickly became not sexy. It very quickly became um, a sensual, personal, natural experience. And and they're not disappointed when they say that, but I think they're quite surprised. So I think the woman from France that you mentioned, Rick, um, where men grow up in Europe, you know, at at, uh, either clothing-free beaches or topless beaches, I, I think it's true that the men in Europe don't get as titillated. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, Overseeing boobs, you know, because they see them, they see them all the time. Um,
2: yeah, and they're also not bothered if a if a woman needs to breastfeed her child.
4: Yeah, for sure, exactly. Oddly enough,
2: you can you can write all the schedules on paper you like, but it's really hard to get the infant to follow the schedule. So yeah, it's true they get hungry mothers, when they get hungry. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly, and some mothers don't don't want to feed on a schedule. They want to let the child, the baby, decide when, you know, so that they want to honor the baby's rhythms and and needs as they come up and not necessarily go by a linear clock-based time.
2: Which is also quite normal over there. I traveled all through Europe, fortunate enough to be able to do that as a uh, preteen and then again as a high school graduate. Uh, And uh, it really changes your View on a lot of things if you if you pay attention, instead of just being a tourist and looking at the statues, that
1: yeah, I think it would be its s-
2: society and the norms are, you know, if you don't think if you just think well this is the way it is, it, no, it's because it's way different in different places and it's just totally normal. Some woman just sits down on a park bench, pulls her breast out and feeds her child, and nobody bats an eye. It's just you know like that happens every day what what are you people talking about and yeah, it's so it, it is it's a trained manufactured thing
1: it would be great uh if part of you know every american and, and i include canada in that if uh if it was part of all of our cultural education to spend time in uh another part of the world you know if it was like a, almost mandatory in a way to spend time in either europe or um parts of africa where you know Breastfeeding openly is just, yeah,
2: as you say, it's natural. Yeah, well, like the uh, we had an eco-sustainable community on, uh, a representative on from Damanhur, and people wonder about their kids because they educate them themselves, and it's it is part of their requirement before they can graduate. They have to go spend a whole school year somewhere else, some other country. And oh, cool. go to the regular schools over there, do what kids over there do. And, um, you know, live with it for a whole school year as opposed to, like, you know, you can do anything as a week for a week and not really pick it up. You can kind of ignore everything. But a whole school year, you could pretty much ground through all of the levels of society there pretty quick. For sure, for sure. I mean, I
1: would love – I mean, I, I teach – uh, adults. I mean, m- most of my yoga students, especially obviously naked yoga, um, are adults. And I would love it if uh, I-, I didn't have to do that. If, if uh, you know, our generation and and, and adults that I know, um, if as children we were allowed to stay natural and to stay, you know, to go out to lay on the floor whenever we wanted to. I have to teach adults to get down on the floor and relax. Uh, but wouldn't it be amazing if I didn't have to teach that? If it just came naturally to lay down and. To watch our breath, or to enjoy our body, or to stroke ourselves, or to be naked, or to be joyous, um, and so I think earlier Rick, you said, you know, that the next generation of kids uh, might revolt and say, you know, we don't want to take uh, attention deficit disorder medication um, because we are paying attention. We're just not paying attention to what you want us. We're just
2: take. not paying attention to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. Silly that man. Would be, that would be great. That'd be. Uh, it'd be amazing to not have to re-educate people of, that we are indeed animals and that we are indeed um, playful, joyous, sensual beings, you know. Um, I, I would be out of a job, um, and, and I do love teaching, I do love working, but in in an ideal world, uh, we would all be practicing yoga and playing and being sensual all of the time or a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, I think I think a natural human society would involve just... Tremendous amounts of play would have to uh, because you just watch children. And, um, you know, I'm not advocating that parents abandon their children, but they might be better off if we did in many ways, you know, and just let them bring those natural, you know, today I feel like painting, you know, or whatever, those natural impulses, just bring them with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have friends who homeschool their kids and they don't follow um, uh, artificial curriculum, Um, but they just, you know, they have all of the tools uh, to teach, you know, but the kid will naturally decide, you know, now it's relevant to learn math because they're in a context in which addition uh, or multiplication is just naturally coming up in life and the kid is interested. Um, So it's like showing the pragmatic application of math instead of saying, Wednesdays at 3, we're going to teach you something that's abstract and not useful and you don't, you know, you're not maybe ready to integrate it. Um, And they, you know, I I don't, I'm not super familiar with this method of of homeschooling, but the parents who do it say that in the end, the kids have all of the same tools, math, history, English, you know, socialization, um, that you would in a regular school, but they get to learn it on their own, uh, on their own. So they're actually more able to integrate it and it's more useful and interesting to them.
2: Oh, yeah. It's uh, the Sudbury Valley School we talk about on the show uh, often. And the teachers there are called uh, assistants. And they're not allowed ever to say something like, well, wouldn't you like it if you could read the bedtime story or anything like that? They're not allowed to even suggest, well, you might want to learn so-and-so. And And kids have been known to go there and do nothing for the first year but play video games. Mm. This one kid did that. And the next year, he learned to read to a high school level in like six weeks because he decided he wanted to be able to read these books about the games he was playing. Mm. And then he wanted to learn math because he wanted to know how the programs worked. So he went all the way through calculus in like six months because it was what he wanted to do. You okay. know, And when you want to do something, everybody has experienced that. You you can't hardly wake up for work. You snooze the bar three times. But it's time to go hunting or fishing or beach, whatever is your thing. Um, you know, sea doing in the ocean, the lake, whatever is your deal. You wake up, you can't, can't sleep that Friday night. And you wake up at, you know, two hours early to go. Yes. It's what you want to do is easy and fast and it's not work. and And you actually know it when you're done which is an interesting thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Jean, have we lost you again? I better get back to my... I have a tendency to wander around down here in Costa Rica. I used to stay in a little cubicle when I was... See, we did it. It happened again. She... Her connection's being a little... Ah, quickly.
4: you muted me. Hi.
2: Ah, ah. Hi. I did not. Your, I was actually...
3: Mm. I I was saying I just actually had a conversation about that today with my 16-year-old daughter who has opted out of going back to high school next year. And she was given Mm. some unique choices for a 16-year-old. And um, basically I gave her the, okay, we'll find the money to do the homeschooling if you want to finish your high school education or if you would like to take a year off because she writes, if you would like to take a year off, as long as you are doing something productive in that year, writing a book, you know, just something, something that's creative and productive and that's your passion, then you have my permission mm. and my support and I will do whatever it takes to let to you do that. Um, today we had a wonderful conversation about her hooking up with a friend of hers. They're going to start work on a, a joint piece of writing that hopefully will eventually be a book and um, she's actually getting enthused and excited about doing this. So this to me is, I mean, she's not a stupid child at all, but she's bored out of her mind at school. So this to me is an opportunity that I wish I had had and that I did actually have once I was done my grade 11, I think it was, or grade 12. My parents said, do what you want for a year. Don't You don't have to go to college right away. Just, you know, do what you want. So I did for a year, and I found out more in that year about who I was than I think I found out in any of the time I've spent living since. So um, that's when I knew I wanted to write. That's when I knew who I wanted to be was when I took a year off. So I I think that if we could give our kids that opportunity to do that and just give them some space every once in a while outside of the system, if we can find a way to do that, then I think that they will find their way to to a happier, healthier, more productive life. That's just my thinking. I'll let you know in a year how it goes. Um but so far so good. You know?
2: Well it it it, it can go well. The kid that played video games for a year is now a neuroscientist that studies the interaction of the human brain with video games. PhD and all of that. Wow stuff.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
2: But we digress from yoga again. But I think it's <laughs> okay. well. It, it's it, it, I it's what it's, it's what you spend your time helping people remember more than teaching. Yes. them.
1: That's right.
2: Yeah. Is like you said. You you sometimes it's forever to be able to coax somebody to lay back down on the floor and stare at the ceiling or the ground yes, and stare that's at, that's at the clouds. And kids do it all the, the time.
4: Opposed. That
1: shavasana pose, that you, the one that you said is the one you know, uh, many people find that the hardest, the hardest pose, even though you're, uh, your body's doing nothing, you're just laying. Um, but some, so many people find it hard to, 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 you know, to do nothing, to give themselves permission or, I, I don't know if it's permission or what, to, to just lay there. And, it, you know, there's other components to it. You, you're uh, instructed to watch your breath. So there is, a, there is some amount of effort or, you know, there's there an intention to stay present, um, you know, but you can drift off and you can daydream. And, but if you find that you're, you know, you're thinking or planning or criticizing and you're really being mentally focused, um, then you're not really doing shavasana. You're lying there and thinking. Shavasana is lying there and truly, you know, just watching your breath and staying present and, and uh, relaxing.
2: Really. Yeah, a, a human um, being instead of a human doing
1: that's right yes and it's people find that very challenging
3: and i wonder um there, here's here's something i want to i can talk about with you too through your work have you seen an improvement in once they start learning to do nothing have you seen an improvement in people's health and general emotional well-being because to me i think that a lot of our problem with disease is simply human beings way of making some kind of excuse to just stop. And and that goes as far as like injuries or illness. And we push, we push, we push, and finally our body manifests an excuse for us to stop and rest. Yeah. And we I've won't heard, allow ourselves
1: to so feel, I have really, heard that people feel uh not everyone obviously but uh, but I've read many different people in in, in my family as well. Um, people say that they feel blessed, uh, in a sense, when they have a an illness, whether it's just a common cold or, or something um, more serious, because it does um, pull them out of their super busy uh, daily lives and, and gives them time to rest and to reflect and to um, take stock of their priorities, um, which doesn't say that everyone who gets a cancer diagnosis is going to see that as a blessing, um, but that I've heard you know, people who do have... More serious um, injuries, or, or even less serious, um, find the blessing there to to step out of the rat race and reassess.
2: Well, I would I would dare say that your idea of taking an hour every day or
3: I'm just I don't wondering know, do you do you then feel that there's a connection with that need to rest and because I mean, humans are very inventive, and I don't mean on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, we're very inventive. We come up with amazing things to, you know, have our desires catered to. Amazing ways, inventive ways. And if you're noticing in um, in your work that people do have, you know, a better sense of health, then there might be a direct correlation between the two.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I have I had a student who was suffering from insomnia, you know, for several years after a neck injury, Um, and you know we didn't do clothing free, you know, naked yoga. It was just a conventional relaxation based hatha yoga, you know, with our clothes on, Um, but he found that he had tried, you know all kinds of different modalities, you know, um, including an addiction to sleeping pills, which is why he started to come to me, because he wanted to wean off sleeping pills, but, you know, he had tried um, staying overnight in sleep labs to see if he had a sleep apnea, and he was using a CPAC, and just really trying to, to, to figure out, you know, exactly, you know, what was causing his, his problems, and I think he'd even seen a therapist, um, and in the end, it was just like. I, Relaxation is what he needed, and he he really struggled with giving himself that, um, and in the end you know he whenever he came to classes with me, we would do a, a yoga class, and there would always be a time allotted at the end for shavasana, and he would always fall asleep, no problem, um, but when he did it at home, you know he would do the same routine, and he said it did improve slightly, but he wasn't able to fully get into it um, and he he on the set on the weeks that he was coming to me. He would be able to sleep really well in a few days before our sessions, and in a few days after. But then he would kind of get back out of it. He had to train himself to, to relax, to give him, you know, at night he would know he sh- he should do his yoga. He had an hour long routine that I gave him to do every night. But the news would tempt him. The eleven o'clock news would tempt him, or uh, errands, or talking with his wife, or or taking a shower. He would do whatever he could to to get out of relaxation. We were we we worked together for about six months before he was able to allow himself to relax and to retrain himself to relax.
2: Well, I can believe it. it I'm I'm convinced that it, at least part of the reason that I'm in I had a health disaster. I basically died just very very briefly, and um, spent some time in intensive care in not a. <laughs> not a present state, and uh, and then spent years, you know, learning to walk again and doing all kind of fun stuff. I, I, I'm not sure that I would be where I am. To, well, I'm sure I wouldn't be where I am today in my uh, life, as I see it. it. You know, spiritual life, physical life. I' getting tired of all the divisions. You know, it's just life. But um, if if it hadn't happened, because it, I sat still. And I had horrible trouble sitting still um, at all before that. And and if I did try to sit still, or somebody made me sit still, my brain was still going five thousand miles an hour. And um, and so it was. It was. It, it took something pretty drastic in my case to bring me to that point where I actually stopped.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dee, yeah.
2: I don't I, know. I, I wish... Take I, that. I wish... No time delay. So Go, Jean. <laughs> Listen,
3: I, I, I wish I had met you before I got sick because I think that had I stumbled onto that concept before I got sick, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten sick. However, I, I'm not going to, you know get upset about the being sick because being sick taught me a lot about how to be well. Um, But I really hope that that people are catching on to that concept. And I know I wrote a lot about it in, in my book that I wrote on my journey to wellness was a lot of it was focused on that, you know, sometimes, sometimes this is the only way that we'll stop. And sometimes stopping is the most important thing we could possibly do for ourselves. And I think that if, if we could take, I think an hour every day, at least, of downtime, of just connecting and peaceful, quiet time, is is a brilliant concept.
1: Yeah, ideally, if it can be um, in with natural light, you know, um, ideally outside, um, but if not outside, then you know, by a window and not under fluorescent lights. And ideally, you know, with some fresh air, so, you know, you, you, even if that requires um, a walk to a park versus, you know, in a crowded, smoggy city, um, you know, there's, there's things that we can do to amplify and extend the healing potential of relaxation. Um, but, you know, we, don't, we can't always do all of the ideals. We can't always be up in the mountaintops, so we make the best we can, and, and that might be, you know, a yoga class in the middle of an urban center. Um, uh, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be naked. That's just a, an extra for people who either want to consciously cultivate their sensuality, and it's not sexuality um, per se. But you know, it, sometimes it is. You can feel sexy for sure to be naked, but it's not you know a, a sexual thing necessarily. But to cultivate sensuality through through being naked, or or to cultivate body image um, challenges and healing with that through through nakedness, but not required um, I would say um, about half of my private students uh, come into clothing free yoga and have to um, relaxation or restorative based hatha yoga with their clothes on so um, you know it's just another another modality or another um, addition in the way that you know doing it in nature would be another addition but not required um, yeah and and, and so I, I really enjoy helping people to cultivate that and to unlearn um you know this
2: shame that we have about relaxing. Yeah, it's 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 almost all fear and shame-based stuff. Shame about relaxing and not doing something. Shame about being naked uh, in front of others and in front of self. In front of you know, oh my goodness, God saw me naked. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> and 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 there is yeah. something to be said for feeling the breeze on your skin. And.
1: Oh yeah,
2: that can be an incredibly sensual experience. It's you know you're like you said it's very sensual. It does it can be sexy, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, Your awareness of your body can has so much more to it. And and like I said, I would have rather done it in a yoga class than in a hospital bed. And because you get that sick, you just have to become. You have to get in a direct conversation with your body, or you're just not going to make it. In my opinion and and but you know why paint yourself in the corner like that and but that's what trying to live the corporate life did to me and um uh I mean I did it to me but but trying to drive like that, and no brakes, no nothing uh, and um uh, so it it i mean it Eastern tradition for long time the the barefoot thing. Was it in the in the Tao? I think, you know, it, or, or Lao Tzu that, that said it that if you always wear shoes, the entire earth will feel like leather. Mm. And if you always wear clothes, the entire earth will feel like cotton or polyester mm. or whatever.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: and just like people talk about the motorcycles, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. When you're a motorcycle, you smell, you hear, you taste really all the countryside you go through. And in a car with the AC on, it's like watching TV through the window.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're in this isolated little bubble, whether it's in our cubicles at work or in our cars to and from work, and then in front of our TVs on our couches. It's just like you know we spend a lot of time in front of that screen and under the you know the artificial lights and. Maybe not necessarily having um intimate or authentic connections with other human beings. You know, uh, you know, even at the grocery store now, you don't have to interact with a human being. You can you can check yourself out uh, with the automated uh, computer thing there. And I'm not saying that any of that is in itself bad or wrong, but just like it doesn't, it seems to be like it's not stopping. Like there's just going to be more and more of that. So if we want to claim our naturalness, our humanity, our sensuality, um, we better we better make those stakes because it seems as though um, if we don't do it, if we don't unlearn it, it's we're 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 kind of complicit in its um, its ever increasingly uh, intrusion in our lives. Uh, these screens and you know and it, again, there's nothing wrong with wearing clothes or with wearing shoes, um, but there's something really right about sometimes mm-hmm. not doing that.
2: Right, right. I. I I think it's uh, I know it's it's perhaps not everybody's ball of wax so to speak, but I would really recommend it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're like going to start going to work naked. Are you silly? Again, I say, right. are you silly? It 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 is just there's it's hard not to be present in the now if you get aware of your body because that's where your body is.
1: Yeah, exactly. So whether it's uh, taking off your shoes uh, in a public park um, and feeling the grass on your feet, you know, there may be some residual dog pee there, so that's user beware. Um Or at the beach, you know, of course, you know, taking up your shoes and feeling the sand and just reminding yourself to be sensual or even at your office, at your cubicle, um, you know, to stroke your fingers on your forearm for a moment, even just for 10 seconds, a little sensual touch on yourself, self-administered, loving touch um, or a deep stretch or a head massage, just a little head scratch. Um, We can steal and it shouldn't have to be stealing, but in a way it is stealing an opportunity to practice. Conscious sensuality with ourselves. Um, You know, and if we are being conscious, I'd say it is in a way a a form of yoga. It's not the postures and the uh, ancient breathing practices, but it's sort of this union of your body and your mind um, for a moment, you know, that that timeless moment. Um, We can definitely uh, bring them into our daily lives. It doesn't mean you have to be naked all the time or anything like that. Um, You could set an alarm on your phone to every hour remind you to do one thing that's sensual or one thing that's body affirming Um, and it could just be tapping your toes and bringing a little consciousness into your feet for a moment or or
4: whatever
2: yeah I've heard so many uh, different spiritual practices and and, uh, folks talking that you know they'll say you're having trouble being in the now or your brain's wandered you off into I don't know check in with your left knee Or check in with your left foot. They're talking about the same thing. That awareness, you can't not be in the now if you're aware of your body. Because like I said, that's where it's at. That's its address. It's now. And um, it's been really helpful to me to, you know, because I can get, Gene will tell you, we talk over coffee every morning. My, My brain can go, woo, real quick, be off in the weeds, not know what the hell I'm talking about and just a quick oh there's a pain in my left toe and bang you're back and um so now I'm learning to do it without the pain to prompt it prod me or jean to prod me she does that too great So we Lost don't her need
4: those.
2: no there she is
1: we don't need those injuries and illnesses to we don't need those injuries or illnesses to remind us um you know, that life is precious and that it's pretty short, um, or even the minor pain in the knee, um, with practice it can come uh, without any of those challenges. It can just come naturally. Um, And it's really important not to feel ashamed uh, when your mind does wander and you find yourself being lost in thought or uh, really work-oriented or productivity-oriented, or like my student who found that he took six months to learn how to relax uh, we don't want to add shame to that mix, uh, that you're not doing it fast enough or good enough, you're not being yogi- yogic or present uh, enough, because that's just another layer of uh, shame, and, and it's, it's, it's oh, taking us sure. away from the present moment. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I certainly didn't you know, mean it like that, because I, I lived a life for 45 years where the only time I ever touched or rubbed a body part was if it hurt. Really? You know, or if I was in the shower. Yeah, right. The only time that you touched your, myself was when things were not right. Hello. Hi.
3: Oh, don't everybody speak at once.
2: <laughs> we have lost D. Oh, no. I, thought maybe I thought maybe I'd lost my connection, but if I can hear you, we're still on the show. But we've lost D for the moment, since Absolutely, there's a problem with this call. And um okay. so we've blasted right past uh halfway point. We're actually well into the last half hour of the show, so let's take a break, see if uh, I can get okay. D connected. And um so we'll have some uh a little parallel. Play a little ditty that from Ena V. Seems appropriate. Uh, some Earth Prayer, which uh, would be good music to do Naked Yoga by, really. And uh, we'll be right I back, hopefully, so. with E again. If not, we'll we'll be back with all the links where you can find more information about her for sure. So stay with us, folks. Uh-huh.
4: Vecho give us
2: That was our friend Ina V with her song Earth Prayer. And uh, we hope you'll go check out her website at www.enavie.com. Www.ena, That's inav.com, Uh because she does some amazing philanthropic work with the funds from that uh, song, the sales of that song. And uh, because it's a song she wrote for healing for herself and Everybody's based around Ho'oponopono, Hawaiian Ho'oponopono. It's good stuff. So we have, indeed, fished around in cyberspace and uh, found D again. So, yay. Uh, it happens. We, was it two shows ago? It was me. Lost connection. So everybody went away. That's when it's drastic. It's when my connection goes. Um, so we are, it was perhaps a good reminder that we're, you know, right at our last half hour. Um, so we want to be sure that we get all of our podcast listeners who come in droves um, ways to to find you on the Internet and get more information about your classes and that sort of stuff and any uh, special workshops and things you might have coming up.
1: Cool. Um, so I I don't have a website up right now. I'm not incredibly technically oriented, and and I guess part of being a pleasure and sensuality advocate and activist is that I don't want to spend too much time figuring it out. I I try to be on my computer as little as possible so that I can be cultivating bliss uh, for myself and for my students. So um, that's my excuse for not having a website right now, but uh, it's coming soon. And in the meantime, uh, I use Facebook so people can find me there. And the uh, name of my Facebook page is Exquisite Bliss.
2: Right on, and we've been dropping the links in the chat room throughout the show uh, and to Exquisite Bliss and also to clothingfree.yoga. Great. And um, uh, those will also be on the archive of the show that will go up uh, this weekend, uh, hopefully. I'm moving tomorrow, so hopefully there's Coconut Telegraph inter- Internet over there.
4: <laughs>
2: it's, well, it, like a lot of things in Costa Rica, you have to learn patience. Things don't happen like instantly. Here. And Eco time. I think it's a good thing. Well, I think it's a good thing. People need to it's part of that learning to relax thing is why why is it I have to drive a gazillion miles an hour to go to the grocery store so that I can hurry up and get home to do nothing. What what? But we do that in in cities. People do that all the time. I used to do it for years. Silliness. Yep,
1: it is silliness. So I'm glad you're Unlearning and and cultivating your relaxation. You know, if 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 stress is it's said to be the leading cause of uh, illness and disease and and you know the top five um, illnesses that cause death, then it seems like the most unsilly thing to possibly do is to be relaxed and to try to cultivate relaxation.
0: Um,
1: you know, er- everything in in good moderation. Sometimes we do need to move quickly or to be in our heads or to be productivity oriented, but there's a time and a place. And I think that uh, a lot of our cultures in, in America and Canada uh, don't, uh, don't encourage that relaxation um, unless you're willing to spend a big bucks for it or something to go get a, you know, a $200 massage or something. But I think it should be a daily thing, not necessarily an hour a day. I mean, that's, I, I, that's the prescription I like to just give off. Um, but really, whatever people can, can, can carve in. And, and the more you carve, the more you want. So you, you expand your capacity for pleasure and for relaxation. Um, so some people, it'll be five minutes a day of conscious relaxation where they set an alarm on their phone or they decide, okay, five minutes before dinner or after dinner or before bed or in the morning, five minutes, I'm just going to stroke my body. You know, and I'm not saying necessarily masturbation. But just to love my body and look in the mirror and to feel the nerve endings and tickle it and give my head a massage or or whatever it is, we can do that with our partners and even our family members. To say to our our children or our you know brothers and sisters, hey, do you want to give each other foot massages or neck massages? You know, it, it, we can normalize touch and relaxation and, and and reclaim it before it's uh I I you know when I'm in my more fear-based self, I think of this future where. Um, We've completely lost uh, touch with our bodies and our humanities, and we're all just sort of brains in a vat or robots, you know, carving out machines for the man. So I think I think we got to use it or lose it.
2: Well, like almost any skill or... I think... Go ahead, Jean.
3: Well, I think it would go a long way to um,
2: helping people to... Bridge
3: that gap to understanding that, uh, this, these issues that we have with media and the body image, because oh, one of the things that you know people don't actually talk about or discuss, but it's kind of an innate knowingness that I think anybody who who is has any sort of sensuality within them, which is pretty much everybody on the planet, is that what is pleasing to the touch is is not necessarily what is pleasing to the eye and vice versa um you know i mean we see these rock hard body model things on you know in magazines and on tv and uh, great they look great but man, do you really want to cuddle with cardboard is <laughs> the thing there you know like uh, well it's Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, it's wonderful to have a, a lithe, toned body, but when we think in terms of, of connection with our fellow man, I, I I love rubbing my husband's shoulders, and and but I love it more when they're soft and relaxed. So I'll rub them until I get them soft and relaxed, and then I'll just keep rubbing because then that feels good. You know that. Hard. I mean, we all know it. The, the pot belly, it makes a great pillow. Let's be honest. But mm-hmm. I, I don't want an eight pack in my bedroom. Um, so, so, if we could get back to what you're talking about, just a few minutes a day of, of touching ourselves and touching our skin and noticing not just how it feels to be touched, but to be doing the touching and noticing the differences in, in what is pleasing to the touch and then looking in the mirror and realizing, well, that part of my body that looks awesome doesn't feel as soft as this other part of my body that doesn't and it's a good way to learn to love those parts of your body that before when you looked in the mirror you might not necessarily have been willing to embrace
1: That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Jean. I agree.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 I I dare say that some um, refamiliarity with our body and that part of who we are, because it is part of who we are, um, in, in you know, a prescription like an hour a day of that body awareness could very well end up being the cure for the common cold, um, because so many people, well, so many people, the common cold is just their way to take a day off. Yep. They, need, they need a slip to take to the principal okay. to get the day off, so they get sick and go get a slip from the doctor. Silliness.
4: Yeah,
1: prevention is worth an ounce of. What is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
2: That's the one. That's the one. Well, we're we're not quite at 90 minutes, but uh, I thought I would let everybody know that the electricity is out here in Costa Rica, and uh, I have great power. So
3: I guess we're we're doing a wrap.
2: Well, I have great power backup units and all that other kind of stuff, but if the power fails. Right up the road, it cuts off my Internet whether my stuff works or not. So uh, rather than leave everybody hanging, uh, I think we ought to uh, call it a day before the technology lets us down. Um, <laughs> but I do want to thank you for coming and uh, playing with us in our virtual sandbox. Sharon oh, my is goodness. Heim- it
1: was my pleasure. It's so great to uh- – to speak with like-minded people and you know it inspires me you know i teach this and and i I know it but it's like the more you hear it and the more you engage with it and 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 share with others their you know their versions of it whether it's talking about kids uh and commercials or talking about breastfeeding or talking about finding rnr in costa rica after a, a time of illness like i feel inspired of you know from the from the chat that we've had so so thank you guys
3: awesome so I we're here yay did
1: you have fun Just
2: awesome yeah that's what we want to know did i have fun yeah yeah i did have yeah.
1: fun yeah i feel great i feel very that's, enlivened that's and very the only inspired, important so
2: question you. we have <laughs> that's the only goal that we have for the for the show you know if we're going to have a list of goals is have fun
1: yeah well it has been it's been very relaxed and uh, you're both um you know really enjoyable to chat with it feels really natural and as you know natural is uh the quality that I I like to cultivate in myself and and help others, you know, this authentic uh, you know, that we don't have to be anything that we're not and it's it's been really great. Awesome. So, Jean, tomorrow we don't have a
2: show. A Thursday with no show. No. How weird.
3: You're moving and I am taking mo- the night off. So, well, it, I think it's appropriate. That, I think it's appropriate that george scheduled dv marie for the day before you were going to end up moving now i need to point out that again dv has been scheduled for a long time and rick just found out last week that he's moving today which is why we're not doing the show and we don't have a guest and we're not going to run around and try and get one george set this up a long time ago so once again our guest is in total alignment with what's going on on the show, if you'll notice, we are taking an unheard of, although unheard of. lately more heard of than, than many years, but we're taking a chosen lot force day off.
2: Yep. So there you have it. We won't be on tomorrow night, not running a rerun, just to try to have something to fill the space. Silence is okay. Day off is okay. And uh, But we'll be back next week. Uh, Lou Emanuel's coming to join us again. Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. She is. did. Yes. And yes. uh Yeah, Mila will be with us on Wednesday. And uh that's a early morning show for me, I guess. Eight o'clock yes. in the morning. So that's what night. Ten AM Eastern. And uh then a regular yes. Thursday slot again next week with Sue Laver, a musician, helper, love giver. She loves she loves people. That's what she does. She loves people. And drops a little wisdom here and there. Plays music with teenagers and, you know, uh, silly stuff. We like silly. Silly's better. We need more silly. Find a balance. At least get some silly somewhere. Somewhere, some silly. Can we have some silly? You feel better? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I didn't get a really good joke in <laughs> the day, so, you know, that's my – I didn't get all my jokes bombed today, so there you go. <laughs> really,
3: it's the drums going after the drums. It's like the drum was the joke, and then the drum came after it to say,
2: boom. See? Go so silly. Um, 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 yeah, it was silly. So everybody, take our 90 minutes tomorrow night that you have reserved in your mind. Take that and go be silly. Go lay on the floor. Um, get familiar with your foot again. You know, like a kid laying in the bed and they discover they have a foot. Check that out. It's fun. And uh, we hope you'll join us Tuesday. But until then. To our mother, to
3: each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected.
2: Have a great day, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.